the Stranger Things podcast, season two, episode six, The Spy. Oh, no, 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 we, we can't. Yeah, no, no, I've got to drive. Drive? What, tonight? Our parents. Would be proud if they knew what you were up to. Just tell them you're a Tammy's or Dawn's or whoever's and take my guest room. Do you want to stop? Oh, it is pretty late. Uh, could I use the sofa? Okay, I'm confused. What's going on here? Lover's quarrel? No, no, I mean, we're just friends. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> You've told me a lot of shockers today, but that, that is the first lie. Hello and welcome to the Stranger Things podcast, a fan podcast dedicated to the Netflix original series, Stranger Things. That's right. I'm Daryl. And I'm Addie. And Addie, I I don't want to speak for you, but I'm pretty excited that people have decided to hit the play button today and listen to us. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit more excited, though, to be sitting here in the studio that we have here in our house and talking about Stranger Things with you. This uh, season's getting pretty good. It's getting pretty good. I mean, I could be watching Stranger, uh, Beyond Stranger Things right now, but okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love you. <laughs> yeah, well, I love you, too. But I'm surprised you didn't say getting good. It's been good the entire season. It really has. Yeah, this one, uh, this is one of those episodes we're talking about, as you said, season two, episode six, The Spy. And this is one of those episodes for me when it ended, I was just like, wait, it hasn't been 50 minutes yet. There's no way the episode can be over. And that's that's always the sign of a good episode when when you don't even realize, you know, basically the hour has gone by. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, that was just like me whenever um, I was watching season one and also season two. I was like, oh, okay, next episode, next episode. Where is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, we've talked a little bit about and in case you're new to our podcast, which if you are, I always say welcome. I'm so glad you've you've picked up our podcast. Um. You know, the format of our podcast is Addie binges the entire season when it comes out. Now, she only gets to watch it one time, but she knows what's going to happen as as much as she can remember. And I don't. I watch it episode to episode, one episode a week. And, um, you know, there, there are episodes like this one where it's just really, really hard for me to be disciplined and not want to hit that play button to go to the next episode. But, you know, for the integrity of our podcast and our format, I have to, I have to stay disciplined. And it, it gets harder also as the season goes on, Eddie, as you know, staying spoiler free. Like even this week, I got spoiled on a couple of things. I've, I've managed to stay spoiler free, like no major spoilers. I know a few things, you and I talked in the past about some things that'll happen in episode nine, but even you are like, that's, that's no big deal. You know, I think I've managed to stay pretty, pretty well spoiler free, but it's, it gets harder as everyone in the listening audience and the viewing audience has seen the whole thing and they assume that I have too. So it's hard. (laughs) Nope. Yep. But we're getting one episode a week closer to that today. We're talking about season two, episode six, the spy Addie, 
break it down for us. Okay, so this episode is written by Kate Treff. How do you say that? Treffery. Okay, yeah, I, I was gonna I'm say not that. Sure, Kate. I'm sorry if we've mispronounced your name. <laughs> Kate. Okay, yeah, I was I was gonna say that, but I wasn't sure if it was right. And then it's directed by Andrew Stanton, uh, who also directed season two, episode five, Dig Dug. Diggy Dougie. Or as I say, Dig Dug. <laughs> We forgot to mention last week when we were talking about Dig Dug, it's, this is kind of like Mad Max where we forgot to talk about the obvious thing regarding the episode title. One of the things that we finally got around to doing, we started this project like a year ago, almost a year and a half ago, that is to build a Raspberry Pi powered arcade machine. Like we, we went and found on Craigslist a big arcade cabinet and Craigslist. we... Uh, we had an old TV monitor and we had the Raspberry Pi and we programmed it all. Finally, we put all those together like two weeks ago. And one of Addison's favorite games to play on there is... Dig Dug. Yeah. So that's been a, a lot of fun. We have a ton of games on there that we've been playing, but Dig Dug, um, we should have mentioned that last week, but we didn't. Now we got it in there. So here's the roadmap for today's episode. We're going to do an episode recap here in just a few minutes. And we get the text for that recap over at the great folks at the Stranger Things Wiki, which is uh, strangerthings.wikia.com. So please go check out you that great like, resource. Really fast so they can't understand what you're saying. Just like what I do with the Facebook. I'm not sure that if you realize it's not helpful to people who actually might want to visit those links. It's not? No. No. Maybe you should work on that. Yeah. Uh, Then we're going to spend the majority of our time doing episode discussion where we kind of break it down scene by scene and give our thoughts on what happened. We'll then give an episode rating. And after that, we'll do our listener feedback segment, which is what we call Notes from the Upside Down. We'll have a quote of the week. We will have some news and rumors, which we call the Hawkins Report. And we'll wrap it all up with the Meme of the Week. Meme of the Week. I always mispronounce it. I'm not sure why. Maybe because you mispronounce you're saying it. it wrong. <laughs> all right. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, I know what you're doing. Meme. Ah. Uh, meme. Ooh, what's what's meme in Spanish? Okay, we're going to move on to the episode recap. Here we go. Will is rushed to the hospital in Hawkins National Laboratory, burning from the inside. Dustin and Steve head to the cellar to find Dart, only to find that he has grown again and managed to tunnel out of the cellar. At Hawkins' lab, Joyce is angry that the doctors have no idea what's wrong with Will. Nancy Jonathan and Murray Bauman make multiple copies of the tape revealing Hawkins' lab's culpability in Barb's death and prepare to mail them out to national newspapers. As it's late, Murray offers to let the kids stay in his guest room. The growing romantic tension between Nancy and Jonathan builds as they kiss and spend the night together. Dr. Owens shows Hopper the extent of the gate. It has grown to a gargantuan size with a network of tunnels. When Hopper asks why they are not burning it, Owens says there's a complication. Joyce fills Bob in on everything that has happened. He takes it well despite thinking that this kind of thing only happens in science fiction. Will wakes up and the doctors are called, but Will has no memory of who Bob is. In the morning, Murray makes Nancy and Jonathan breakfast and then sends them on their way with a bottle of vodka and warning them to never contact him again. Lucas finds out that Dustin has been trying to contact him from his sister, Erica. He sneaks Max out of her house past her stepbrother, offering proof that his story about Will is true. 
Dr. Owen tests Will's memories and finds that he remembers Joyce and Mike, but not him, Bob, or Hopper. He also remembers the soldiers hurting him, prompting Owens to test a theory. He burns a tentacle and Will responds in pain. Owens concludes that there is a hive mind virus connecting all of the hosts. Steve and Dustin bond while setting up a trap for Dart, passing into the area of corruption caused by the underground tunnels. Hopper uses the radio to apologize to Eleven, still unaware that she has left the cabin. Dr. Owens and the doctors discuss how Will's brain is being altered by the shadow creature. The doctors are of the opinion that they must start burning again to control the spread even if it kills Will, but Dr. Owens refuses. While Joyce is worried about what is going on, Will tells Mike that he thinks he knows how to stop the monster. Steve and Dustin lay a trail of meat chunks for Dart in the abandoned junkyard and are joined by Lucas and Max. Jonathan and Nancy find the buyer's house deserted and realize that someone else has been there apart from them. Will uses photos taken by the scientists of his map to locate a place that the shadow creature is trying to hide from him. The scientists send soldiers into the tunnels. In the junkyard, the four kids wait for Dart. When Dart arrives, he does not take the bait, causing Steve to go out to confront him. But Dart is not alone. There are now more adolescent demogorgons. Steve escapes and the four of them hole up on the bus. As the demogorgons close in, they are suddenly called away. In the upside-down infected tunnels, the soldiers are massacred by the demogorgons. Will tearfully tells Mike and Joyce that the shadow creature made him send the soldiers into the tunnels. In the control room, Hopper watches as the demogorgons leave the tunnel and head up to them. Alrighty, Addy. That one seemed really long. Did it? It was. I think it was a little bit longer than last week, a week before. But uh, the ones I used to do for the Fringe podcast were like six or seven minutes long. Dang. Yeah, these are like three typically. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about this one. Please never do that again. Stop it. (laughs) Okay. So this one picks up uh, pretty much right where the last episode left off. I mean, when when last we saw Will, he was spazzing out in the field, and now he's spazzing out in the lab. Um, Rip Will. He's in severe pain. He says he's burning everywhere. Obviously, there are no signs of trauma. Um, and this whole thing that we see in this episode is very reminiscent of a Fringe episode. So... You know, I haven't mentioned Fringe a whole lot this season. And back in season one of our podcast, I was mentioning Fringe, it seemed like, every week, if not... That wasn't annoying at all. Well, there were a lot of parallels. And in this episode, uh, and I got to give a shout out to Emily O'Leary, or Miss Ice, as she's affectionately known by many of our listening audience. She and I were chatting earlier this week, and she mentioned that this um, episode of Stranger Things reminded her of... Uh, season four, episode three of Fringe, which is called Alone in the World. And I had drawn a blank on this episode. And oh my gosh. So in in that episode of Fringe, there is a little boy who has a um, a, a connection with a fungus that they affectionately call Gus, fungus, Gus. And the they try to go in and burn the fungus that's in this little cave. And in doing so, it 
causes the boy to feel burns and his temperature goes up and stuff like that. And they realize that there is a psychological bond and between the boy and the fungus and they try to use like UV light and the, and the boy is blinded by it, even though he's in a different part of town. And so they have to figure out how to break the bond between this boy and this fungus so that they can kill the fungus because the fungus is killing other people. So sounds a little bit like what we have going on here with Will. That kind of sounds like E.T. Uh, yeah, you're right. A little bit of, yeah, very good, Addy. So uh, yeah, definitely reminiscent of season four, episode three, Alone in the World. I also mentioned that because if you're one of those out there who has finished the season and you're looking for things to watch until season three of Stranger Things comes along, I highly recommend Fringe if you've not seen it. And um, not just watch Beyond Stranger Things. <laughs> well, I've, most people have probably finished that. I would guess, but anyway, I just started it actually. Like I, don't, I don't have time to watch it. Yeah, I can't watch it until I've finished the season. Well, yeah, obviously, because like literally, episode one of Beyond Stranger Things is talking about the end of episode nine. Yeah, yeah. How do I want to start this? So. Steve and Dustin, this, I, I can't wait to see how this plays out for the rest of the season. I mean, it's no surprise that they're spending so much time together. The trailer kind of showed us that when that little bit where Dustin asked Steve if he still has the bat that was in the trailer. We saw them in a couple of other scenes together in the trailer. So I had a feeling that we'd be seeing a lot of them together this season. And obviously we're we're getting that now. They're great together. And there have been a lot of videos that these two actors, Gaten and Joe, have done together over the last few weeks. And they have been absolutely hilarious. Fantastic. Yes. You and I just watched them and laughed together. You've seen more of them than I have yeah. on your own because, you know, you don't care if I'm around. Where I used to call you in here and we watch them together, you're just like, Psh, I don't care. It was Supergirl. <laughs> we started watching that together and then it yeah. yeah. Thanks for that. You're welcome. We can start watching it together again if if you want, but I heard it it's not as good anymore as it used Yeah, to that's what I've heard too. In fact, Emily, we were just talking about she dropped out of the podcast this week. She was our host, one of our hosts for that. And uh which is you know, it's it's sad to hear. Um okay, but we get we get uh, Dustin and Steve on their way to the cellar, which was which was a pretty fun scene when Steve's asking him uh about it. And, um, they get to the, yeah, they get there. Dustin completely lies to his Steve. This is a problem for Dustin, right? Do you, do you see this as being a bigger of a problem as I do? Dustin's fine. There's nothing wrong with him. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. What about him lying to his friends that he didn't know where Dart was? That was just to protect Dart. Exactly. Who is a baby Demogorgon? He didn't know that. He was just trying to take care of the poor little animal. Yeah. And it's come. From, he knows that it comes from the upside down, which is bad news. And now he tells Steve, yeah, it was a little thing, which he was right about that. And now it's like this. He, he makes it look like it's a maybe two feet long, a foot and a half. No, it looks more like three feet to me. No, I don't know. But anyway, the thing is way bigger than even three feet. Like, he totally misinformed Steve on how big this okay, thing is. Okay, maybe he's just not good at size and dimension, because I'm not good at that either. 
Well, that may be true, but he, you know, he he prides himself on being a scientist, so he should be better at it than that. And it was he was estimating. I'm telling you, he needs to be more upfront with these people. He's putting their lives at risk, and he's he needs to be more upfront. Just disappointed in his decisions this season. He continues to make bad decisions. Technically, whenever like the last time he did see Dart, it was whenever he um, put him in the cellar. Yeah, he, when he was like. The size he of was, a big dog. No, he was not. He was, he was like, I don't know, like that big. No, he was bigger than that. He was not. Okay. We'll agree to disagree. I just think Dustin needs to go to his room and rethink his life choices. I think Dustin is perfectly fine the way he is and you're being mean to him for no reason. <laughs> so please stop bullying my children. I would appreciate that very much. What did you think when Steve goes down there and then he calls Dustin down and there's a hole in the cellar and the Demogorgon is gone? Uh, I was just like, oh, no, Dustin, what'd you do? Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, I even told you last episode, you know, who's going to be the sucker that goes down there? Yeah. Um, I didn't. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't like shocked by it when I saw it, but I just I didn't see it coming. And this is this is now a huge deal. Yeah, of course, I, I knew that happened. So I was like, <laughs> he's wrong. <laughs> I've been wrong about a lot of things this season, and it won't be the first time that I know. we talk about it's, that. It's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Bowman scene. Jonathan and Nancy and Bowman uh, pre- are preparing these tapes to mail out to news agencies. This is another thing we had talked about in the past. Like, what are they going to do with these? Are they going to send them to Indianapolis or what have you? We saw one to the Chicago Tribune, I believe. So they're sending these out to major newspapers. I still don't know what's going to happen to this. I don't, I don't think it's going to am- amount to the impact that they think it will. I hope I'm wrong on this, but I just don't think it's going to do much. But um, Murray talks about to stay in the night. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, just, uh, not just Jonathan was right. He shouldn't be drinking and driving because that's bad. Kids don't don't do that. Yeah, don't drink and drive. That's true. Although, uh, as someone pointed out last week, he was giving alcohol to minors. That maybe if he hadn't done that in the first place, but. Eh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your face <laughs> so well murray calls them out what was the opening quote we did right right he's like i've heard a lot of spectacular things today but that is the first lie and um tells jonathan that he has trust issues because of his dad tells nancy that she's afraid of what would happen if she accepted herself and that she doesn't love steve Nancy's a really bad actress. She really is, isn't like, she? Just you—you you like Steve, but you don't love Steve. What? No, uh, uh, what? I—I uh, uh, I do. Yeah, even <laughs> sure, when that's so believable. I Nancy. know. Even when Murray was like, or Jonathan was like, "No, we're just friends." I mean, she comes in with friends like so fast. Like she didn't give it time to like. She wasn't even reacting to Jonathan. She was just trying to jump in and like. Because Jonathan's like, we're just friends. Friends! Like, she jumped in so fast, it was made it completely unbelievable. Like, she's, you're right, she's a terrible liar. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why Bowman said that she was harder to read. It's extremely obvious. Yeah, well, it's it's easy to read when she's lying. But it maybe not be as easy to read what she's trying to hide. Oh, yeah, True. 
But I love Murray. I mean, obviously, this is what he does. He 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 reads people. He's gifted in this way. He's, that's why he's the private investigator. He can kind of read people really well. So he's funny. I don't know that we're going to see him again because when he when they leave, he says, "Don't ever contact me again," which is probably for his own and their own protection. But um, he's great. I would love to see more of him. He's 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 a fun little character. For yeah, sure. he, he's funny and he has like no filter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And he like does not care about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh calls him out. Of course, Nancy and Jonathan finally get together. We've seen that coming for like two seasons now. Uh I don't know what's gonna happen with her and Steve. I mean it's clear that Steve cares for her. Like when he's talking to Dustin about her and the during their walk, it's clear that Steve cares about her, but she doesn't care about Steve, so uh, that's going to be you, interesting. Nancy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You Look, just agreed with me. No, here's the thing. I'd kind of rather her be with Steve now. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Team Steve. I've been on Team Steve since since the moment he went back to the movie theater in season one and and offered to help clean up their graffiti. That was the turning point for me with Steve, and I know that you have. Uh, not gone there, at least on, on, on record. Here's the thing. I'm going to look right to the camera here. When Addie's not being recorded, she acknowledges that she likes Steve. No, I don't. She totally got busted the other day. No, I she didn't. totally owned up to it and I caught her on it and she tried to backpedal, but it was too late. She's totally team Steve. I'm throwing her under the bus right now. She just refuses to acknowledge it while she's being recorded. And I think if you're in the live show right now and you see her reaction, you know I'm right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Ew, Steve. <laughs> so Billy's better. All, all joking aside, and that was not a joke, but I mean, um, <laughs> would you rather see Nancy and Jonathan or Nancy and Steve? Do you do you care either way? Are you shipping either way here? Well, I mean, we'll get we'll get to this later in the episode, but Steve is a mother now. Um, he he has a big responsibility on his hands. Um, so he doesn't he doesn't need a girl in his life. He's got Dustin. Yeah, <laughs> he, he he has he has children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, still Team Jonathan. Still. Okay. All right. Well, I'm totally still. Team Steve. No. Uh, but I don't really care about which one she ends up with. Uh, she could end up with the Demogorgon eating her face off for all I care. Okay, that's not true. I do I do want her to be alive. So, Lucas finally comes home. Uh, oh, this was a great segue, I thought, in the show, where Nancy and Jonathan go into the room together, and we hear this, and it turns out it's like, it's Erica with the two toys. Yeah, that, that was a great scene change. I yeah. thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I loved that. So Lucas comes in looking for his He-Man toy. Um, they don't even live on the same planet. Or was that what he says? Yeah, or they don't. They don't even ex- exist in the same universe or something yeah, like something that. Like that. Yeah, which was great. He learns about the code red, and uh, I love this because he gets on the walkie-talkie with with. Dustin and Dustin comes clean finally and just says, Hey, Lucas darts a baby Demogorgon. It's about time he acknowledged that. So, uh, you know, I was busting on Dustin earlier. I got to give it up to him now. It's a little late. Like if he had just owned up to it earlier, things would not be as bad as they are, but well, he tried to, but Lucas wasn't answering. 
No, 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 he, no, 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 no. I mean, like, back in the bathroom instead of hiding Dart under his hat. He didn't know Dart was a baby Demogorgon then. Well, he was trying to protect. Everyone knew that it was best to go out back and smash Dart with a brick, except Dustin. And I think Dustin he knew has a that. Caring heart. I'm sorry. I think he knew that in his heart of hearts, caring as it may be, it's best to put the thing down. Stop bullying my child. Look, your child needs to make better life choices. My child is a great life choice. <laughs> okay. Um, so Lucas goes by Max's house. What are your thoughts on this scene? <laughs> it was funny. Um, because Billy was like, who's at the door? And Max was like, uh, Mormons. She's a way better liar than Nancy. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it's pretty obvious that she's lying too, though. Well, I mean, at least she came up with a quick answer. And I mean, like, uh, it wasn't as obvious as Nancy. Yeah, it was a little bit better than Nancy, but still not believable. No, it was believable. I would, I mean, I get that Billy's skeptical. I think that was just his problem. But like, I think if, if it was to like anyone else, they would have believed it. Yeah. And I mean, it's like the, every time she, the last two times that she has, he has, excuse me, the last two times Billy has seen her interacting with someone. I mean, that we've seen it's been with Lucas and I, I don't know if he's racist or not. We, you know, I still don't know what his deal is. I had some theories on that, which we'll get to in a minute. Turned out to be pretty ridiculous sounding in, in hindsight. But I think that he probably suspected it was Lucas is, is kind of what I'm getting at. We saw her repairing her skateboard with duct tape in this scene, too. Um, is it safe to assume that Billy broke her skateboard? Yeah. I mean, either she got in an accident or Billy did it. Yeah. I mean, I want to jump to conclusions and say that jerkface Billy did it. I mean, it could have been. Did you, you mean know. jerkface Steve? No, I meant jerkface Billy. Uh, it's possible she was doing a trick and something happened and it broke, but she looked yeah. pretty upset, which I mean, you'd be upset if you broke your board. She loves her board, but I'm pretty sure Billy did it. He's such a jerk about everything. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Steve is better than Billy in some ways. There we have it, folks. In a step in the ways, right direction. In some ways. Every way. No. Every way. Mm. Okay. Uh, any more to say about this scene? So whenever she was like escaping, like through a window, there was like a little thing outside her window that like had the logs under it. I think that would be really cool. Like, oh, and I was just thinking how like convenient it was that it was her room. I mean, obviously for the show, they put it there, but I mean, if that story wasn't like, if the story was real, then it was just very convenient that that was her room. The one that had like the little step outside of it. So so she could escape. Yeah, you're right. Okay, let's talk about Hopper at the lab. Uh, he is still retching and throwing up. This is not good. Um, Owens comes in and says, you got the green light, which the first time I watched it, I thought, green light on a, on, are they are they saying he's clean health-wise? Because he's obviously not. And then the second time I watched him, I, I, I thought, I realized that he was talking about he's he's been given the green light to go um, be shown what's going on, you know, in the abyss or whatever you want to call it. But 
Uh, this is not good. You know, we talked about Chekhov's gun in the last episode. By the way, another example of Chekhov's gun is uh, is eight that we saw in the first episode. Here we are in episode six, and she's not reappeared. She needs to reappear before the end of the season. Uh, but now that he's you know throwing up still, I just I'm really worried about Hopper. I've got a theory on this, but I'm going to save it for. When do I want to talk about this? I think I want to talk about it at the junkyard scene. So I think, matter of fact, I think I've got it in the notes. So I won't, I won't worry about trying to remember, but Owens takes him down into the, this deep shaft of these caverns and these caves of, of the beast. I'd like to know if you remember what your reaction when, when you saw this for the first time, when I saw it for the first time, we've seen the caves and the tunnels, that's one thing, but this huge cavern with all these tendrils everywhere. I gasped out loud. I was so shocked at what I saw. What what was your reaction when you saw this for the first time? I kind of don't really remember, but I was, I thought it was really cool. Like all the effects and stuff. Yeah. I thought, I thought they did a great job on that and they, they put in a lot of detail. I thought it was good that they were like showing Hopper. And yeah, I, I definitely think that Dr. Owens is, much better than Brenner was because even whenever Nancy and Jonathan went in to talk to them, um, actually, no, they, whenever they got captured, then had to talk to them. Yeah. He still like confessed a lot of stuff that Brenner would have probably tried to keep covering up. And now he's just showing Hopper like this locked down place in the lab that. I mean, if it's like that special, I'm guessing like not everyone who works there is allowed to see it. So Hopper is pretty special. Yeah, it's a good point. I'm sure it is off limits to, you know, well, like he said, you, you, you've got the green light to, to assuming to go down there. So yeah, that's definitely a restricted area. And there's a few things that happened in this episode that underscore just how big things are, how bad things have gotten. This is one of those. Uh, the other is what's revealed at the junkyard and at the end of this, the end of the episode. So, yeah, this is a huge deal. And this, this is, um, I mean, it's hard for me to even believe I'm saying this because we've seen the massiveness of the shadow monster. But when you see things like this and what happened at the junkyard and at the end of the episode, it just, it, for me, it made me realize that things aren't nearly as bad. Th- things are w- way worse than I thought they were. That's what I'm trying to say. Things are way worse than I thought they were. Okay. Joyce and Bob. Joyce tells Bob what happened last year. And I got to tell you. So, okay. We, we've talked a lot about Bob. Jo- Joyce sees that Bob is shaking and asks if he's cold. And he says, no, it's just the jitters. Now, Bob, there, there are a couple of characters that we, you and I have gone back and forth on whether or not they can be trusted. Bob is one. Dr. Owens is the other. Mm-hmm. And I know you know things that you can't reveal to me, but I still feel like we're having these arguments based on what you were feeling at the time when I was watching it, not on what you know now. I got to hold my ground on Bob. 
I think this is a tip. I think this is a clue that he can't be trusted. I think that he, when she's revealing this information to him, he's not cold. It is the jitters because he realizes that he has to play it cool here. He can't play his hand. He's, he's, um, it's not that he's freaking out on what's being told to him. It's that she's entering a new he's entering a new level of trust his long con if you will this con game he's playing with her is working and she's trusting him more and more and i think he's cuz he's he's out of his element a little bit he he's 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 not wired to deceive people in this way and so he's getting uncomfortable realizing that his deception has just gone to a different level now like other things that we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes I could be completely misreading this, overanalyzing it, and come flat out wrong. But Mom, that's what I'm. That's what I'm sticking with right now. It, it does also. I, I think it flies in in contrast and and really even contradicts like his thoughts on wow, we really should go to Maine, and she agrees and things like that. That also were part of this scene. So, I'm just saying, I still don't trust Bob. You should. I should not trust him. No, you should trust him. I I like Bob. I don't. Clearly. Yeah. Okay, so Will wakes up, doesn't recognize Bob, doesn't recognize Dr. Owens, doesn't recognize Hopper, does remember Mike, but it seems like it took him a few minutes to remember who. Um, minutes? Yeah, well, maybe not minutes, but I mean, there was, was a long like, it was pause. A few, few it, seconds. It was a long pause, and then he was like, Mike, my friend, he said first, and then he said Mike. Which I don't, I mean, we learn later his memory is being taken over by the monster, so no big, I mean, it is a big deal, but it's not. No big deal, his memory is just being yeah, taken over. I'm just saying it, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'll stop talking now. What Thank were your you. thoughts on this scene? I thought it was cute how he remembered Mike and... His mom, but no one else. You thought that was cute? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was adorable. Just like, oh, he, re- he remembers his his mom and his best friend. Okay. Okay. Um, he also remembers the soldiers that hurt him. Hurt him, the monster, not... Uh, no, him, him, him being Will. And then he says, quote, they shouldn't have done that. It upset him. And that him is referring to... Uh, the shadow monster. And that was another one of those creepy scenes, like when his mom was running the bath and he says, you know, he speaks for the monster. This was another one of those chilling moments where he's speaking for the monster. Yeah. You stole my note. Oh, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. I didn't even see your note there. Thanks dad. Sorry. (sighs) Yeah. It was, it was just like uh, how he said uh, he likes it cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Dr. Owens wants to do this experiment. They bring in a severed tendril and as they burn it, Will uh fills it and the heart monitors react and all that stuff. I thought this was really interesting because the tendril is no longer connected, right? It's a severed tendril. And yet it's still somehow connected to the beast at large. And I thought that was like I don't know how that works, but it does. I mean, I guess in a way it works the same way that Will is connected to the monster. Except I guess we've seen how the monster entered Will. We don't know how the tendrils and stuff are connected, but I thought it was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So 
Dr. Owens tells Joyce that it's a virus that attached itself to a host and it has an intelligence. And what's different is that it seems to be communicating with the host and they have a hive intelligence. And then he says it's communic or it's connected uh, to all the hosts and he uses hosts plural. And so uh, this freaked me out a little bit when I first heard it, because as, as far as we know, Will is the only host. So, you know, we've thought we've argued back and forth about not trusting Dr. Owens. If there are other wills out there that he's hiding, then we definitely should not trust Dr. Owens. But then I thought, well, okay, what about what, what are the, what else could be hosts? Are the Demogorgons hosts? Are the tendrils hosts? Is that what he's referring to? And I think so. I think that's what he's referring to. What do you, what do you think? I have no idea. I didn't, I didn't really think about that. Like how he said it plural and stuff. Okay. I'm just saying that if, if it turns out that there are others like Will, that changes everything. Mm, I was going to say he could be referring to 11. Like what if, what if he thinks that, I don't know, maybe, maybe 11's connected with it somehow, but he doesn't, I don't know. I don't know how he would know that for sure, though, because he doesn't actually know her. But I don't know. Maybe maybe somehow they have a connection. Yeah. But like after saying that, I'm speaking of like from your point of view, like if I haven't seen the rest of it. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about Steve and Dustin. Unless you've got more you want to say on that scene. No. Okay, Steve and Dustin, uh, they leave the meat trail. They're walking along the train tracks. Uh, this was such a fun episode or scene in this episode for me. Steve uh, calls him out for being dumb. He's like, hey, let me get this straight. You had this creature that was from the upside down, and you lied about it so that you could impress some girl. So I'm totally with you, Steve. Uh, thanks for calling him out on being dumb. Um, Steve gives him tips on girls, which was hilarious. Uh, and he says Nancy is different. We talked about this already. Uh, this is a problem. It's no, you know, the writers did this on purpose. They they put this scene in here with Steve talking about his affection for Nancy in the same episode where Nancy and Jonathan take their relationship. So uh, we'll see how this all plays out. The best part of this scene, though, is when he's talking about his hair. And he, because I think Joe Keery's hair has been... It's, it, because he's had that hair since before he was Steve, right? I mean, we, like in the Domino's commercial, he's got the hair in that commercial too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Joe's hair has just been written into this character and it's so awesome. And so now it's come to the fullness where he's like, he uses Fabergé Organics. The quote is, use the shampoo and the conditioner. And when your hair's damp, not when it's wet, when it's damp, you do four puffs of the Farrah Fawcett spray. This was awesome. Four puffs, Annie. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Because, okay. So, Dustin has really curly hair, obviously. Yep. And Steve has pretty straight hair, obviously. So, even though he's, like, giving all his hair tips, I don't know if it would work on Dustin. Because they have different hair types. I was thinking that too, because I know you and your mom both have curly hair. Not no, not, not I have to the wavy level hair. That, my the curly yeah. hair stuff doesn't work in my hair. That's why I don't really use it. Yeah, and Dustin's is way curlier than either of y'all's, and like I know the products that you guys use are different than what 
you know, someone with straight hair would have to use. I can't like I'm I'm having I'm hoping this happens. Like Dustin goes home, tries that, and then shows up at school with like this frizzed out hair. I just think that would be hilarious. No, that would be so mean. It would be awesome. No, it wouldn't. It's it would. mean. You need to stop bullying my child. I'm not bullying him. You're I'm- bullying my child. You want him to you want him to have frizzy hair and get made fun of at school. He already gets made fun of at school. <laughs> I'm just saying he does. We've seen that. You should really stop bullying my child. <laughs> bullying him. I think it would be funny. No, it would not. <laughs> You're saying you wouldn't laugh if Dustin showed up with crazy hair because he tried Steve's hair tips in an effort to impress, I almost said Sadie, uh, Max? I mean, I would probably laugh, but like, my child... You're wanting him to get bullied. I don't want him to get bullied. I don't want him to get bullied. I want him to show up with crazy hair. I don't think that's asking too much. You want him to get bullied. Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it was a great scene. Totally love that. Also love the the scene with Hopper going out to his truck and getting on the walkie-talkie and talking to Eleven. Of course, he has no idea that she's gone. Uh, the timing on this could not have been better. She's been gone for a few days. He's been gone for a few days. He has no idea. Well, I don't know. What were your thoughts on what all he was saying to her? I was glad that he finally apologized because he kind of needed to. I mean, she probably needs to, too, but like, yeah. she kind of can't. So Why can't she? Because she's not with him. I mean, I, she could do some like mind tricks or something. Um, to communicate with him if she really wanted to, but I don't think she wants to. So yeah, no, I wasn't sure if that's what you meant or if you meant something else. But yeah, yeah, it was really sweet. Um, I just wish she had been there to hear it. But yeah, if only, if only it was a recording and posted on Netflix or anything. <laughs> you know, again, with I don't know if it's foreshadowing or not, but he says he wants. He doesn't want her to get hurt and he doesn't want to lose her. And it's just like, how's this going to play out? How how is this going to play out? She's gone. I'm not saying she's gone for good. I'm just saying, I just don't know. I, I think maybe he has already lost her in terms of like their relationship will never be the same. I don't think that's in question. Um, will she come back and live with him? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> and part of me says that just because, look, we've got three three episodes left this season. A lot of things have, have I don't know that Hopper comes goes back to the, I guess he probably does go back at some point and realizes she's not there. But that whole cabin is not going to be a primary focus the rest of the season. And at some, play, at some point, Eleven has to, Eleven and Mike have to see each other and she's going to have to, enter into the main storyline. She's been on the side all season. So I just don't, I don't see that life in the cabin even being an issue this season, maybe next season. I don't know, but I don't, I'll have to decide that after I see how it plays out. But I love this scene. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit already about Will's brain scans or how his, uh, his memories, his mind is being taken over by the, um, 
the shadow monster, we learn in that discussion with the doctors are all huddled together in the room. And we learn that it's taking over his limbic system. Are you familiar with the limbic system? Have you guys studied that yet? Oh, uh, yeah, I know what it is. It, um, it controls, uh, emotions, behavior, uh, motivation, long-term memory and smell. <laughs> I was trying to delete it out of there so you couldn't read it. I know. I, I noticed that. I can I see your pink highlighter. <laughs> yeah. So just to kind of bring everybody up to speed, I, I knew some of this in the limbic system. Uh, for example, I knew that it controlled emotion, but I didn't know that it in, uh, controlled behavior, motivation, or smell. I thought that it had something to do with memory as well. So, you know, memory is – we're already seeing some memory issues with Will although short-term memory more than long-term memory, but in terms of uh, he's known Hopper in a shorter amount of time than he has uh, Mike, for example, is what I mean by that. But um, yeah, this is, so this kind of gives us an idea maybe of what type of side effects or implications might happen to Will as a result of what's going on. But at the end, I don't know that's going to matter. Like the other doctors urge to do another burn even if it kills Will, because they say that Will is going to be gone by the end of the day, regardless of the burn. And of course, Dr. Owens strongly objects. This is okay. When we were talking about Bob earlier and I, and I, I maintained my stance that Bob is not to be trusted. This scene is pretty interesting to me. Like, I think I'm at the point where I'm going to admit that I'm wrong about Dr. Owens. <laughs> Loser. I'm glad because he, he stands up to for Will and, and basically, you know, says that he needs to think about it. He understands that losing the life of Will is not like it's, it's, it's not an easy decision to him. Like it seems to be to the other scientists. So I still think I'm right about the lab in general, but I do I do want to say that that Dr. Owens is is trustworthy. He seems to be on the up and up. Mm-hmm. And I hope I'm right. You I've wanted Bob. Bob, I still don't trust. You know, and and if I'm wrong about Owens, uh, what I've said about him all season, you know, if it turns out he is trustworthy, I'm happy about that because I I want there to be a good guy at Hawkins Lab, and and if that's him, that that's great. But I mean, because look, when you think about it, as bad as things are. If they're going to get this thing defeated and get the town under control, then they need someone who can be trusted at the lab. And, and hopefully Dr. Owens is that guy. Yeah, that's true. But in general, I still don't trust the lab. Like when all the other guys are sitting there going, we got to we gotta kill Will. We got to do this even if it kills Will. I mean, I can understand that point of view, right? You, you sacrifice the, the few to save the many. <sighs> But when you're talking about a child who you have a connection with, it just seems like they shouldn't be making that type of decision so easily. I'm glad that he's struggling with it. I wish all of them were. Yeah. Okay. They better not hurt my other child. So this is at the point where Will sees a vision and thinks he knows how to stop the shadow monster. He points to a spot on the tunnel map that he says the shadow monster doesn't want him to see. And they dispatch the shadow, or the, the flamethrower guys to, to move in. And as they do that, 
I loved how all this came together. The end of the, the back half or the back third of this episode, however much it was so good. The pacing was so good. Everything's happening and, and kind of fitting hand in glove together. It was just magnificent. So as they're doing that, the kids are preparing their trap at the junkyard. And this is a pretty interesting scene. Max and Lucas are on top of the bus looking for the Demogorgon. And Max tells Lucas that her parents are divorced, that her mom and her stepdad came to Hawkins to get away from her dad. And Billy is mad all the time now, and he takes it out on her. And he was wrong about Max and Billy? Me. I was way out. Like, I was completely overthinking this. I was like, oh, she's... You really were. And I thought it was super <laughs> funny, but I couldn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. Uh, so, yeah, I had this whole thing where they're not related because they're these, these uh, science experiments and it's only the two of them and they don't like each other. And maybe Billy's in on it, too. Why would he bring them to Hawkins? Which I still think it's weird that they came to Hawkins of all places. Like... It just seems a little too coincidental. Well, it's like... Like, I'm not saying that she's not special in some way. She didn't have... I'm not... I, I haven't moved off of that. I'm just saying that... It's like someone at my school, like, who moved from, I don't know, just a place to Edmond, Oklahoma, out of all the places in the world you could have gone. Like, why this tiny town in the middle of nowhere? I know. And I have to, I have to say that I'm basing some of my thoughts on Max... From the mobile app, you know, the mobile app came out just before season two. And on the day season two was released, there was an update to it, which gave us Max. And I said this early on in the season, Max, all every character in the every playable character in the game, every character has a special skill. And for example, Dustin can drop pudding cups and it can distract people. Lucas has the wrist rocket. Mike has his bicycle. And flashlight. And flashlight. Right. And and Max has her thing. And that has skewed my opinion of her all season long. I, I felt like it was a spoiler. I, I, you know, and there's no doubt that what I what her skill is in the game is has played into why I said all these outlandish things that now just seem silly in hindsight, completely overthinking it. So, but it's also because of that, that I'm still not willing to, to back off of the fact that Max has something, some secret, like a fire starter type of thing that she is hiding from the group. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's, it, you know, cause in the game, I don't know what that was. Uh, I tried to like not play with her character. I played with her once for like five seconds and saw that. And I'm like, Oh crap. And I moved off of that character, but I couldn't unsee it. So I'm just saying for right now, the thought of her and Billy being step siblings never crossed my mind. And it totally should have. Cause he's like, she's not my sister. <laughs> like we used to, okay. Back in the early, early days of the fringe podcast, we would do this thing called Occam's razor. You know, what Occam's razor is nope. Occam's razor is basically this expression that whatever the most simple explanation of something is, that's what you should go with. And with, so if someone tried to throw out a theory that was too, too outlandish one of the other ones of us would throw out Occam's razor at them it was just like I'm throwing Occam's razor on that someone should have thrown Occam's razor at me on this well so. I would have but I didn't know what that meant <laughs> I know I know now you do so feel free to throw Occam's razor on me 
for the future. That was crazy that I was so far off. <laughs> and kudos to you for like totally going along with it, and not not busting me on it before you know the show revealed it. Hey, Dad, remember the time you were completely wrong and overthought everything, just like Mom. Yeah, but you know, as an aside. Addie and I have talked at length about what do we say here on the podcast. She's been a little bit reserved. I don't want to look like an idiot, you know. That stuff gets recorded and all that stuff. And I, I've always said, look, we throw these threes out there. Sometimes we're wrong, and that's the fun of it. It's fun laughing at you. It, it's it's. I'm <laughs> laughing too. It's like so ridiculous. You have to laugh at yourself. So here's my point, Addie. I was way wrong and it's okay. So my encouragement to you is feel free to throw big theories out there. Even if you're wrong, it'll be fun in the end. It's fun being wrong on these types of things. It's also fun being right. And you can never be right if you don't throw anything out there. <clears throat> well, I mean, it could be right and spoil the ending for all of you. Well, that wouldn't make you right. That just means you've seen the ending. I'd still be right because I remembered it correctly. But it's not a theory. So <laughs> like in our last episode, we'll both throw out some theories and we'll see who's right and who's wrong. Okay. So the Demogorgon doesn't take the bait. Steve goes out to play hero and holy cow. There's more than one of them. I did not see this coming. What about you? When you, when it was revealed that there was more than one Demogorgon, were you shocked? Or did you see it coming? Yeah. I, w- I was kind of surprised because, Will he only coughed up one slug thing. Yeah. And we only saw one slug thing. But at the same time, I'm also kind of not surprised because in the Halloween episode, whenever Will like fell down and he was suddenly in the upside down with the shadow monster, he heard um, the same noises that Dart was making. And obviously, it, it wasn't Dart. So, I mean, there had to have been another one. So, I mean, I, I didn't really think about that until like just now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, those are the clues that were, were out there. And I think I was like you. I kind of was bl- blinded to the what now seems obvious. I just attributed it differently or thought about it differently. But... um yeah, so this was surprising to Blind me. Blind to the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Max and Billy. Never going to live this down, folks. Never. Never going to live this down. Why did you pull your headphones off your head? You can still hear me. We're in the same room. Hey, it's just not as loud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, just when, uh, This was so intense, too. The, the, the Demogorgon things move in <clears throat> they got them surrounded in the bus the one comes up to the top hatch it looks like it's going to pounce in and then it just would have been food frenzy there all of them would have been killed and then just at the last minute they all uh stop collaborate and listen <sighs> that's actually exactly what they did and then they ran off what are you typing now oh boy i've 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 done something uh, at the same time, back in the lab, the flamethrower guys uh, reach the spot that Will had directed them to, and it's the same spot th- that they that they found Hopper. And there are tons of bones in there. It's a, like a graveyard. Are these animal bones or human bones, Addie? What do you think? I think animal, maybe human. I don't know. Here's my theory that I mentioned earlier, and I kind of hope we get an answer to this. So. 
what what we see with 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 these creatures that are attacking them at the junkyard you know i've been calling them demogorgons all season and they i'm not at this point i'm not sure on whether or not they are some adolescent stage of what will become a full demogorgon or if they they are in the shape the form that they're going to be because they look more like animals than they look you know the demogorgon had a very humanoid shape it was it walked it was bipedal right walked upright and mm-hmm. even though it didn't look human it had a human way of of moving where these are more animal they're they're on all fours and stuff like that what i'm wondering is if the the demog creatures have the ability or they not the ability but they do take on the shape of their host so will was the host of one of these slugs and he coughed it up and it went down the drain and it eventually became a demogorgon because its host was a human these creatures seem to be more animal in nature maybe their host because if you look at those bones down there those bones could be there for one of two reasons and maybe a combination of both one is they have to eat so they went out and they found an animal out in the field a cow or a dog or a wolf or something like that they brought it down there and they ate it or it could be that they the animal wandered and and it got sucked down there like copper did and and it got sprayed and it became a host and then once it became a host then the the thing spurted out of it and then it ate it i don't know i'm saying it could be a combination of these things but it could be that the demi creatures are they take in some of the dna of their host and therefore take the shape and some kind of modified way of their host so if that's the case if we know that Will was the host, we, we we fear that Hopper is now a host. It's a strong possibility that Barb was a host. So we could have more Demogorgons. Uh, it, 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 these, these creatures to me are looking like they're not going to be full-fledged Demogorgons. They're some sort of other Demo-creature. So that's my theory, that the Demo-creatures take on the shape, if you will, of their host. It's just funny that you're calling them Demo-creatures, especially since you know what they're called. I don't want to spoil things because just because I've been spoiled, I don't want to spoil anybody else. Yeah, but I still think it's funny. One other thing that was mentioned in this scene, well, we saw it, we saw it uh, at the junkyard, and then we hear the scientists in the tunnels mention the fog. And this is another shout out to Stephen King. He has a book called The Mist. It's actually made into a movie and most recently a TV series, which has now been canceled. But the are you familiar with The Mist at all? No. So what happens in The Mist is a huge thunderstorm moves into this small town in Maine. I know, shocker, Stephen King story set in Maine. Wow. I know, it never happens. Wait, was Stephen King like born in Maine or something? I know, it's, 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 it's crazy. So... This uh, thunderstorm moves in. The next morning, there is a huge, dense, thick fog encompassing the entire town. And it turns out there are these creatures waiting in the fog. If you if you venture out into the fog, you don't even see it coming until they're already on you and they're, they're destroying you. He was born in Portland, Maine. So that sounds kind of like what we have here. The, the fog moves in to hide the creatures and they use that to their advantage to to kill their prey. So I definitely feel like this is a shout out to one of the many shout outs that this show gives to Stephen King. 
Mm-hmm. So rip flamethrower guys. The the fog moves in. The 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 demogorgons move in. Kill the flamethrower guys. Yeah, they all got wrecked. Uh, I you know I'll suspend my disbelief and how back at the lab they're able to have the yellow dots and the red dots and know exactly who is who and all that back in 1984. But whatever, I counted at least 24 red dots on that screen. I wasn't counting them. I just was like, "Whoa, that's a lot." Okay. Yeah. So if that's true, if that's if we're led to believe that that's an accurate representation of how many creatures were in that tunnel. There are at least 24 demo creatures out there. That's yeah. pretty scary. Yeah. Like, how are they supposed to get rid of all of them? Right. I mean, we saw last season how hard it was to get rid of one. I'm I mean, Lucas's slingshot, I mean, wrist rocket <laughs> had a lot to do with it. So Nothing to do with it. Everything. Hold on. I'm it did, how can you say everything? You're saying 11 had nothing to do okay, with it? Okay, not everything, but like, but okay, without the wrist rocket... Because Eleven was still, like, really weak. She, how did she manage to do that and then, like, walk? Oh, yeah. Okay. You can stick to that theory. That's more ridiculous than my Max and Billy theory. But whatever. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it totally is. Um, so, uh, I, I try to stay so spoiler-free that I try to avoid episode titles. That that's really hard for me to do. In fact, I've already seen next week's title. I saw it earlier today. I was trying to grab. No, I don't know what it was. I was pulling the quotes from from Netflix, and when I pulled the episode up, I saw next week's title. Oh yeah, because it automatically started the next episode. Yeah, and that's what it was. Yeah, it was on that episode. So thanks for that. But that's You're you know, it's not a huge thing. But that's that's how much I try to stay spoiler free. But this is another one, The Spy, that I saw, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. I saw it a long time ago. In my mind, (laughs) this is how we read into things that we want to see. In my mind, I was like, oh, that's going to be the episode where it's revealed that Bob is the spy. (laughs) You're so mean. Well, it's not mean. It's just what I I originally thought. Um, And then last week when Mike and Will are talking about Will being a spy, I thought, oh, Okay, it's going to be an episode where where we see Will being the spy, and that's true. But I, of course, at the end of the day, Will is the spy for the monster and Rip Flamethrower guys. <laughs> end of the episode, the Demogorgon creatures have destroyed Flamethrower guys. At the lab, they're tracking them, and they see that they're headed this way. And then you see the hand of one of the Demo creatures reach up out of that deep abyss and then just start to jump out. And that's when the credits cuts to credits. Holy cow. What an amazing, again, I I was like, no, I can't, I have to watch now. I have to go to the next episode now. And I couldn't, (laughs) you got wrecked. It was torturous. Such a fantastic ending. What'd you think? Any other thoughts? So Mike, he was like running to go help them. Mm-hmm. And the guards were just like stopping him, and I was like, "You let my child help." You know who else was stopping him? Bob. Did you notice that? Okay, well, Bob didn't want him to get hurt. Really, Bob is in there when Will confesses to what really happened. Mike is trying to get get out there and warn those people, and Bob's holding him back. Don't trust Bob. I trust Bob. 
Completely 100% trust Bob. Okay. I don't. All right. One thing I think we can agree on, Addy, is the episode rating for this episode. What'd you give it? <laughs> 10 Mormons at the door. <laughs> that would be scary. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing against Mormons. I'm just saying if there were 10 of them at my door, I would be a little freaked out. If you know one or two I can handle, 10, I'd be a little scared. <laughs> Trick or treat. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They the ones who don't, that's Jehovah's Witnesses. They don't celebrate holidays. I gave it 10 bottles of Fabergé Organics. Yeah, I, I was going to do that. And, and then I read yours and I was like, dang it, Dad. Hey, you watch these episodes first. You have every chance to go in here and put yours in. It's not my fault you choose to wait till mine are done. Fine, but mine was more creative. Whatever. Mine was better. Um, No, yours was basic. Speaking of things that are basic, here's a promo for The Blacklist Exposed. Are you a fan of the TV show The Blacklist? Then you should listen to The Blacklist Exposed podcast, but don't take my word for it. Hello, Garys. This is Susan Blumert. Hey, this is Amir. Hi, it's Megan Boone. This is Hisham Taufik. Hey, this is John Bokenkamp. Welcome to The Blacklist Exposed. The Blacklist Exposed. Blacklist Exposed. The Blacklist Exposed. The Blacklist Exposed on Golden Spiral Media. Hear these great interviews and more by downloading the Blacklist Exposed app for iOS or Android and get all the case profiles at theblacklistexposed.com. All right, there you go. Speaking of basic. Yeah, do you like my segue? <laughs> that was not a very good segue. That was great. What wasn't good was the fact I didn't swap that promo out for a new one this week. So the Blacklist guys got their promo two weeks in a row. So Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, wait, I've heard this before. Yep. To the Blacklist guys, I would say, you're welcome. Please stop. <laughs> you ready for some listener feedback? Sure. All right. Push that microphone back. Get your dancing shoes on and let's do it. Oh, I love embarrassing you. It's one of my favorite things. Oh, I just saw the replay on the on the live stream. Yep. That was horrible. Well, we got uh, some feedback to uh, take in this week. You want to take the first one? It's from your old buddy. So this one comes in from Ben, and he says, Hi, guys. Ben again here for episode six. Now, I have to give the Stranger Things wiki credit for this, but this episode so far... Is the only episode without 11. Now, holy crap, there are more darts. <laughs> also, Nancy and Jonathan personally will not get together to me, even with the kiss scene. Um, she likes Steve more. <laughs> also, I hope that they kill the shadow monster. Anyway, until episode seven, stay strange. Stole my ending again. <laughs> He's pretty good at that. Yeah, we didn't. We we. I guess because we talked about eleven, I, I forgot to mention that we didn't see her in this. Yeah, episode. I was actually going to bring that up, and I was like, "Yeah, wait, did she?" Yeah, I meant to bring it up too, and and so thank you, Ben, for for bringing that up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it does on, in some ways it doesn't feel like a Stranger Things episode without eleven, but on the other hand, you know, Hopper mentioned her and stuff, so I f it still felt like she was here in spirit, but I'm sure. I'd be surprised if this is the only uh, time. 
I'd be surprised if this isn't the only time she's gone the rest of the season. Like she should be here, I would think. Yeah, true. All right. Well, thanks, Ben. We've got a couple of audios. This one is from Corey. Hey, Eddie and Daryl. Corey from Australia. Guess what? I am totally Team Steve. Kicking butt in Farrah Fawcett spray, a man after my own heart. Woo! <laughs> Woo! I like the Bob sign off there. So you and Corey have something in common. We're both from Australia. <laughs> well, that's not true. It must be. You're both Team Steve. Just admit it. No. Just admit it. No. All right, fine. Well, thanks, Corey. Here's Justina. Hi, Daryl and Annie. That episode was super intense. There's more than one Demogorgon. Oh, my goodness. 1984 reference in this episode? The double tape deck. This piece of equipment is essential to making another 1984 staple, the mixtape. This episode gets 10 out of 10 Polaroid pictures. This week's poll question, Dart started his life being cared for by Dustin. So I'm wondering, in the coming battle against the monsters, will Dart defend Dustin in any way? Let me know what you think. Have a great week. That's a really good question. Um, you know, and I I hope... I hope there is a scene in the some sometime this season where Dart and Dustin come face to face and Dart sticks up for Dustin or protects Dustin or does something because that would justify Dustin's stupidity that I have totally railed uh, on him for. Stupid. I mean, he's nice not stupid. You're right. He's made some stupid decisions. And so, yeah, if there was an, uh, if there was a scene where it turns out that Dustin's caring for Dart exactly comes back to save him, then it might just be justified. Might. 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 might really? Might. Yeah. All right. Um, I thought we had one more comment here. I can't find it. Wayne, I'm sorry. There's a comment that came in on our Facebook page. We were talking about the music from this episode. Uh, Justina was talking about flashback things. That's uh, not the right word. But anyway, talking about the mixtape. The music in this episode was so, so good. Wayne was uh, mentioning some of the musical tracks and... Um, I don't know why I can't find that comment. The two that stuck out to me was the one early in the episode. Uh, Queen was, uh, that was when Dustin and Steve are in the car together at the very beginning. And the other one that stuck out to me was round and round by rat. That's the video that was on the TV and the song that was playing when Billy was in there lifting weights. I love that Billy's lifting weights, smoking a cigarette and drinking beer. Nothing says health and fitness like smoking and drinking while working out. Yep, my health teacher would be proud. <laughs> yeah. All right, and we got one more comment that, that I did find on Facebook, and uh, this comes in from Andrew, and he says, the last 10 or 15 minutes of the episode are pure nerdy bliss for me, having grown up watching Aliens multiple times as a kid. My favorite episode of the season for sure. Now, what I don't know, Andrew, is if you're one of those guys that has already seen the entire season. So does this mean that this is your favorite episode of the entire season and you've seen what is yet to come? Or is this your favorite episode of the season so far? Um, 
This one might be my favorite of the of the season so far because, like I said, it it just when it was over, I couldn't believe the hour had gone by so fast. So that I loved it, such a good episode, and the ending is is one of the big reasons why. So, Addy, does this does his comment make you want to go watch Aliens? Is that like a movie name? Yeah. Um, let me Google this. We've talked about Alien. Aliens is the sequel to Alien. We've talked about Alien and, and remember the egg that we saw in the Upside Down last season and how it reminded me of Alien. Yeah. So There's no internet connection. Oh, that stinks for you. Uh, anyway, thank you for that. If you would like to send us feedback for the next episode of the podcast, Addie, how would they do that? Oh, I was going to steal it from you anyway. <laughs> You can call in at 304-837-2278 or our feedback page, which is www.goldensmilemedia.com slash feedback. And then you can follow us on Instagram, which is Stranger Things GSM. Our Twitter is Upside Down GSM. And our Facebook, ready for this? <clears throat> www.facebook.com slash group slash Stranger Things GSM. That was helpful. <laughs> All right. And for any of you who didn't understand that, www.facebook.com slash group says Stranger Things GSM. Okay. So what's the quote of the week? The quote of the week is, he opened up his face and he ate my cat. <laughs> um, actually, whenever mom and Colby finished binge watching it and they watched this episode, uh, they thought this slide was hilarious and they were like, you have to do that for the quote of the week whenever you get to this episode. And I was like, all right, so this is for you, mom and baby brother. Wait a sec, how big? First it was like that. Now it's like this. I swear to God, man, it's just some little lizard, okay? It's not a lizard. How do you know? How do I know if it's not a lizard? How do you know if it's not just a lizard? Because his face opened up and he ate my cat. Music. Uh, I guess I got the quote, quote a little wrong because uh, I I originally had this as the opening quote and then I had to like move it down and I guess I didn't remember it correctly. Mm. Oh, well. You got it close. Close enough. I think I pulled the right spot, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the Hawkins report for some news. <laughs> Not a lot of news this week, but the news we have is pretty, pretty, pretty big. Addy, you want to give it? You want to tackle this one? So Netflix had a poll and they asked if they should do another season of Stranger Things. And 87% of people said yes. 13% said no. Those 13% probably are from Texas. Um, <laughs> I love you. I love you too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was on Twitter, right? I think that was on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I saw I saw some screenshots of it. So, yeah. Yay! Season season three. And I then they wait. followed it up with. <clears throat> For the love of Steve, duh! So hold. <laughs> So hold tight, baby darts. Season three is officially happening. <laughs> Very well done. That was nice. Which it's no surprise. I mean, we all but knew that 
it had been renewed. They've talked about season four, even and maybe even season five, but now it's official. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations! And to for everybody. those thirteen percent, why did you even vote if you were going to vote no? I'm sure some of those people were just trolling, but I why? Don't know. Why would you do that? There's got to be at least a some percentage of people who voted no because they didn't want any more of it, and I don't understand those people. Who on earth? Can I spell Earth? <laughs> doesn't like. Stranger things. It's a good question. And then the Still no internet connection. Great. Second and final news item we have this week is that the Stranger Things limited edition loot crate has finally shipped. So these were Yay. we've been talking about them since season one because you know we did our season one episodes starting in June of this year. Um, so we encourage you guys to buy them. Hopefully some of you did and they were originally supposed to be hitting our mailboxes around the same time the season started and then it got delayed till mid November. And now here we are. Finally, ours is scheduled to arrive on Wednesday, December 6th. So that's exciting. We will do an unboxing. No, we won't. Uh, Yes, we will. I will. Maybe you can just miss out on that. No, I'm good. So, uh, Wednesday afternoon on our Facebook page, uh, Addie, what's the Facebook page again? www.facebook.com slash groups. I stranger things. GSM. There you go. So make sure you join us over there. We're going to do a live unboxing of our crate when it comes in. And I'll, I will make sure that we don't get vertical video like we did last week. And that if you watch our, we did a video earlier this week where we were showing some new pop figurines. We got upside down bar, uh, upside down 11, 11 with electrodes and Joyce in the hazmat suit. And we had put the video in, in horizontal mode. And then right when I hit record or hit live, it was, it said, you should turn your phone so that it's not vertical. And that's why Addie and I both look at it funny. And we're like, what are you talking about? It's already, and then it ended up recording the whole thing in vertical. So we'll try not to make that happen again. Cause nobody likes vertical videos, especially vertical videos that are actually recorded horizontally. And so you got to kind of crane your head. It was sorry. I am a vertical video. Yeah. Thanks for agreeing. Well, you are awkward and irritating to look at for long periods of time. And you're bad at theories. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of things that are bad, what's your meme of the week? So it's not really a meme. It's not like a caption or anything. Actually, I think I have seen like different variations of this. Mm-hmm. And it did have a caption that said, I knew it. Um, but this one doesn't. And so it's a picture of the, um, I almost call it the Tesla Hydra. Uh, it's a picture of the shadow monster, um, with like the red storm and a picture of Squidward from SpongeBob, in case you didn't know who Squidward is. And so uh, Squidward has like his arms like spread out and like all swirly and I mean like wavy and stuff. And yeah, so it's more of a visual thing. All of these memes I'm bad at describing, so I'm sorry if you want to go look at them. You probably should. Well, we do encourage you to, to come over to the website each week and look at the meme of the week and as meme uh, vote on the poll that Justina puts out each week. And so come check us out over at goldenspiralmedia.com slash stranger things. Addy, you want to give out our uh, feedback information we'd love to have your feedback and thoughts on the next episode episode seven so you can uh, you can call into our 
voicemail and you can just like leave a message to us and stuff. So uh, <laughs> that, that was um, descriptive. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the number is 304-837-2278 or our feedback page, uh, which is goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. And then you can follow us on our social media accounts and our Instagram is Stranger Things GSM. Our Twitter is Upside Down GSM. And our Facebook is www.facebook.com slash groups slash Stranger Things GSM. All right. Darn, you can still understand what I'm saying. Fortunately. All right. Any other thoughts or things to share about the episode before we call it a wrap? Nah. All right. Me either. Great episode. Cannot wait to go watch the next one. And I hope you'll join us for the podcast next week. And until next time. Stay strange. (laughs) 